You're listening to the Frequency and Flow podcast with Brie Kirk, episode number 61. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing the seven layers of human design and how I personally navigate a brand new human design chart for someone who I haven't read before and how I advise others to read and understand their own charts. So let's dive in. Hello, beautiful. This is Brie Kirk, and you're listening to the Frequency and Flow podcast. You're committed to living life by your own rules, and that includes the actions you take to build your business. The Frequency and Flow podcast explains how to grow your business's unique brand, marketing, sales, and operations in alignment by leveraging your own energetic blueprint using human design and gene keys so that you can take aligned actions without force, frustration, or burnout. With over 15 years of online business experience and now over four years into my own human design experiment, I discuss my own learnings and challenges while giving practical guidance that you can implement to build a fulfilling and abundant business that creates the life of freedom that you desire. Let's dive in. Human design is a great tool for anyone who loves to get lost down the rabbit hole or honestly for anyone who has ADHD or something like that where there's just so much information and so much to learn and there are so many detours to take and things to turn your focus towards that it is great for anyone who just absolutely loves to loves to learn and for anyone who just is easily distracted by all the information. Most people fall into either one or of two categories. Either you love the thrill of the whole new world of possibility that human design offers, um, of the growth that it's opened up for you once you discover the tool, or you could find, you might have found yourself lost, overwhelmed, confused, And wishing that someone could just give you that quick summary or outline of what you need to know and how to use it. You know, it's it's either fun and exciting to have so much information available through one system, or it can be completely scary and overwhelming. And pretty much everyone I've met either falls into one of these two buckets. There's no middle, really. (laughs) So trust me, like I absolutely get it. If you're no matter what side of the of this you fall on. And in a world where more and more people are discovering human design every single day and wanting to learn more about this system, about what it's telling them, and ultimately to figure out more about themselves, this is truly a time for people to learn things for themselves. Like, yes, you can have someone read you your chart, but there's so much to it that understanding the basics of your own chart are really, really important and can be very useful, right? So whether you're a beginner, a novice, or a more experienced human design person or reader, one of the most common questions I get is, or some of the most common questions are things like, where do I start? What do I need to know? <laughs> what do I need to know now versus what should I learn later? How should I approach reading and understanding my own chart? Like I get these questions all the time. And because human design is so complex and so detailed and there's so many layers to it. Having that plan or having that like step by step of what I look at and how I look at it and in what order I look at things, you know, I really think that's it's helpful to everyone that I speak to that has these questions. Like I said, for me personally, I go step by step, layer by layer through any new chart that I look at or read. 
And for anyone who's new to human design, even if you don't want to become an actual reader or you don't want to become certified, if you just want to learn how to understand your own chart, focusing on one thing at a time is not just easier. It's a lot less overwhelming for sure. But it's also easier to understand and to retain, to absorb and retain all of the information that you're learning and covering as well. So I'm actually going to take you through the seven steps or the seven layers of how I read and begin to synthesize a human design chart and what my biggest takeaway from each of these layers is. So like I said, there's so many different things to look at, so many different layers. And when someone gives me their information, like a client, when I'm doing a reading or You know, if you've listened to any of the mini readings I do on the podcast, if someone gives me their information and I pull up their chart, this is exactly step by step how I go through it and start to synthesize things. There's infinite things here to learn. And even for each of these steps or each of these layers, there's infinite takeaways and learnings. But I'm just going to give you a very generalized top line summary. And these are seven things that I look at right away to get that overall feel and sense of the person that I'm reading, their vibe, so to speak, um, and some of the big themes in their chart. So the initial pass-through of these seven layers only takes me a few minutes at first, but once I make the mental notes about these seven steps or these seven areas, then I go back and I dive deeper into what is calling to me or what might help answer the person's questions more fully or what may make the biggest impact on someone's day-to-day life. So I do kind of an initial breeze through where I look at each of these seven layers and then I kind of come back and say, okay, what is all of this telling me? Or how can I use all this information to answer someone's questions? Or what are the biggest things that stand out to me that would make that just by making little changes would make the biggest impact in someone's daily life? And that's where then I dig in much deeper. And so I just want to give you a little overview of my process as a whole before I dive into each of these steps or layers. But let's just get started. Let's get into it. So the very first step or first layer is your type and authority. So if you know anything about human design at all, you know you know type and authority, right? (laughs) Your type is either manifester, generator, projector, reflector, or manifesting generator. And your, your type tells you what's called your strategy. It's how you interact with the world around you, people, places, things. And it also gives you your signature and your not self. Your signature and not self help you understand if what you're doing is either on the right track or if something about what you're doing needs to be adjusted. So for me as a projector, my strategy is to wait for the invitation and my signature is success and my not self is bitterness. Your authority is different than your type, but it often goes hand in hand with it because these are like the base, you know, these are the, the very basics, the first things you need to know. And your authority is essentially your intuition. It helps you make aligned decisions and helps you give you a framework to understand exactly how your intuition speaks to you and what it's saying when it does speak to you. Your authority is something like splenic, emotional, sacral, uh, ego authority, self-projected authority, mental authority, or lunar authority. I think I'm probably missing one, but (laughs) so there's, there's nine different authorities and together your type and your authority are something like splenic projector, ego manifester, sacral generator. So, okay, that's, that's what it is, right? 
but your type and your authority are honestly like the way that I think of them in a practical way is they're like your daily responsibilities. They give you both guideposts and direction to take a step forward or steps forward one moment at a time. So this is why they're so frequently spoken about and it's truly the first thing you learn and the first thing I believe you should learn because it's it, your type and your authority help you take small aligned actions over time. And those small aligned actions over time result in huge leaps forward. So utilizing your type and your authority are those small daily steps, your daily responsibilities that when you follow those, they will put you on the most aligned path and knowing what they're telling you when you're off that path so that you can pivot or you can evolve or you can turn a different direction and get yourself back on that path. The second step or layer in your human design is your profile. Even if you're new to human design, you may have already heard about your profile. Your profile is two numbers. It's that are one to six, such as five, one, one, three, or six, two. And your profile is truly how you're seen in your best light. So it's how you feel you're most confident and it's when and it's how you contribute to the world. And in many ways, it's almost like I describe it as your natural leadership style. So when you need to step up and be that leader in, you know, it doesn't have to be like a, an entrepreneurial aspect, but when you're stepping into your leadership or you're stepping into being a, a confident leader, it's how you feel, the way that you feel most confident. So each of these two numbers represents something different with one side being your unconscious leadership style and what others see about you and love about you and the other side being conscious, which is where it, that's the type of leadership style or the way that you kind of naturally step into that you're aware about. Ultimately, I like to think of your profile as your role within a team or within a group. So there's always going to be that person, you know, like when you're in a team, you're, there's always going to be the person who just has that deep body or pool of knowledge, or there's always going to be the person who's the, the social butterfly and they're the hub of the network of people. And, or there's going to be the person that's kind of the one that pushes boundaries a little bit, you know? And so each of these six lines, each of these profile lines represents one of those roles. And so each of these roles, no matter if you're the person that has that body of knowledge, if you're the person that's a networker, if you're per the person that pushes boundaries, you know, each of those roles is a genuine leader on their own and in their own way and in their own style. So what your profile tells you is your leadership style. In what way, like when it comes to the team, what is your natural leadership role and style within that group? I love profile. I actually spend a lot of time talking about profile in uh, Rating on Purpose, as well as any of the readings that I do. It's it's such a critical and like significant energy in your human design chart, which is why it's ranked second <laughs> in these seven steps. The third step or layer of your human design chart is your definition and circuitry. So your definition and circuitry tell you how the activated energy in your chart connects and how it flows or gets stuck <laughs> sometimes, for lack of a better word. So your definition might be single, split, either split narrow, split wide, triple split, or quadruple split. And your circuitry is actually a mix of your 
of the individual, tribal, or collective energy or aptitude that you have in your chart. What your definition in your circuitry tells you, it tells you a lot about the environments that are good for you and which type of environments you might actually need to kind of watch out for or be mindful of. It also tells you how you can have the most impact through your environment and through how you choose to work. So do you work best alone? Do you work best with others? And what is the impact of you and your energy on others as well? Your circuitry and your definition really helps you protect your own energy. It helps you be aware of any environments or situations that might negatively impact you so that you can put yourself in places that optimize your ability to make forward progress in whatever way is important to you. Step four or layer four are your centers. So there's actually nine centers. Oops, I said seven, nine authorities. There's seven authorities and nine centers. I'm just going back and correcting myself. But nine centers in your human design chart. There's the head, ajna, throat, G-center, ego slash will center, emotional solar plexus, sacral, splenic, and root centers. I just rattled them off really, really quickly, but just so that you know what I'm talking about here. And each center represents your relationship to something uniquely you. It represents your unique relationship to inspiration, to be your beliefs, to your self-expression, to your identity and direction, your desire and commitment, your emotions and spiritual awareness, your creativity, your health and wellness, and your growth and evolution. I know I just rattled off a lot of different things, but each of those centers represents one of those specific relationships. And depending on your unique energy and your unique activations, you will experience these relationships differently. You'll experience them as strengths and you'll experience them as roadblocks that, or even better said, you will experience them as sources of wisdom in your life that you can use to gain wisdom to become a role model in that particular area. So you can use each of these centers almost as an anchor or as a launching pad to understand yourself and others on a deeper level and leverage your gifts and your strengths in your own unique way. And you can use these strengths and these gifts or this wisdom that you've acquired to more easily navigate roadblocks and challenges along the way. In many ways, your centers are, act as your toolkit and what you, the tools that you have at your disposal. So you might not have every tool that's ever been created in your toolbox. You might not have access to all of that in the moment, but you always have exactly what you need when you need it, especially when you take the time to learn all of the ways that your tools can be used and leveraged. So it's always there, but it's how you use it and how you learn from it and how you get creative with how you use these tools. You always have exactly what you need through these centers. It's just, it might be a little bit different than your partner, your friends, your family, or in other situations, but you always, you have exactly what you need when you need it. And in a way that is just perfectly designed for you to get the lessons that you need out of it and to take those lessons with you going forward. The next layer is your incarnation cross. Oh, I love talking about incarnation crosses. So your incarnation cross is made up of the four most significant energies in your human design chart. 
And it's actually the same four energies or placements that make up your Gene Keys Genius Activation Sequence, which I've talked about in a lot of previous episodes, but I just want to continue to make that connection. And in a way, your incarnation cross is the essence of who you are. And it's like what your job description is in this lifetime. It's how you impact others and how you activate others or initiate others and kickstart them in their own journey or in their own purpose. It's really the effect that you have on others around you. In a way, I almost think of it as like you are the lighthouse for others in a particular way, and that's what your incarnation cross tells you. So your incarnation cross is your purpose, but in many ways it has nothing to do with what you do, and it has everything to do with who you are and how you inspire or activate others and the collective as a whole. I love just diving into the details, talking to others about their incarnation cross, because many people believe that it's it tell your incarnation cross tells you your purpose, like what what job you should do or what type of business you should have. But it actually is your purpose in terms of how you're meant to impact those around you. So it's it's almost like flipping what people think it is on its head. And I absolutely love that because it's such a different perspective than we traditionally have. Knowing how your energy inspires and activates others, it can actually help you put yourself in the right situations, in the right relationships, jobs, businesses, offers, environments, so that you can maximize your impact and impact others in a way. For me personally, using this in a more practical way is my incarnation cross has helped me drastically narrow the scope of practice of my business. It's really narrowed what my offers are and how I deliver them so that I can stay in that purpose, in that incarnation cross, and that I can stay within what my job description is. Like I can stay in that lane because it's easy to get spread really thin as a business owner or even just in your job or company or whatever. And so understanding that incarnation cross really helped narrow that 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 zone of practice into where I knew I could be my best. So it actually was like very helpful and really like brought a huge sense of relief and ability to let go of things that just were, you know, felt like it was too much. All right, going on to the sixth layer, sixth step in terms of decoding your human design. And that is the variables. So now we're in step six out of seven, and we are really getting into the nitty gritty details of your human design when we start talking about variables. However, this nitty gritty of your variables can also be some of the most fascinating part of your chart. It has been for me, for sure. What your variables tell you, what what you can learn and glean from them is how to be the best version of yourself and how to be seen and recognized by others as that best version of yourself. So your variables really help you discover how you best receive, process, and perceive information, whether it be food, whether it be actual like knowledge information, or even in regards to your intuition. Your variables, when you when you really lean into what your variables are and and you know, aligning with them or like integrating that knowledge into your life, it really cultivates your super senses and your instincts. So your your variables tell you a lot about your environment, how you're meant to digest information, how you process information, like I said. And so by doing this in alignment with your design, 
um, it really helps cultivate your super senses and your instincts. So how your mind and body best digest, transmute, absorb what you receive, and how can you how you can effectively guide and motivate others with your message and your insights. So your variables also give you a framework to recognize when you're operating and being seen clearly in your best light and perhaps where you are distorting the information you are receiving or aren't able to see and perceive that information clearly, which happens when you go through what's called your transferred variables. So it's really interesting. Like I said, this is very nuanced, but it's really interesting to understand how you either see things clearly and people see you clearly or how you can distort what you're receiving or you receive it distorted and then how that you project that distorted uh, information as well. It tells you information about your environment, how your determination, how you take things in. It also is like what your view, how you see the world and how you motivate yourself and others. And so now we're on the seventh layer, the seventh step of decoding your human design. And we are now talking about the gates and the planets. Here we are, last step. <laughs> This is really the influence and the impact of your individual gate and planetary placements here. And when I think about this step or this layer, I think about it in terms of both your natal human design chart and your transit charts and what's happening in the transits. And this is really like human design is getting into the nitty gritty. This is really, really getting into the nitty gritty. I mean, as you can imagine with 13 planets, with, for your conscious design and then 13 more planets for your conscious design, each with their own unique gates and lines. And then also within that, you have 13 more planets and gates and lines for what's happening in the transits. Whew, this can get very detailed and overwhelming very quickly. So this step, this layer is when you, you truly want to get to this or you want to have a solid understanding of everything else I've talked about before you really dive into this step. Because this step, this layer, almost is like the extra credit. It's the cherry on top of the ice cream sundae. It's almost like I think of it like the final wedding dress alterations where your dress mostly fits, but it's that little teeny tiny bit that like accentuates your waist a little bit, you know? And so because this is so detailed and it's so granular. And when you think about your aura and your energy as a whole, these are the teeny tiny little alterations. It's the, like I said, it's the cherry on the Sunday. It's the little teeny tiny bit of alteration, the extra credit on the test kind of thing. And so of course it can help, but it's not the, the, the thing that makes the biggest impact and with the least amount of energy, you know? Um, so I'm going to give you a couple examples of how I use the gates and the planetary transits and things like that in my own experiment and human design exploration. So the first example is, you know, your natal Mercury, especially your conscious Mercury, can give you clues about how you communicate with others, how you express ideas. Your natal Venus helps you understand your values, what you truly value, and the values that you learned growing up. And when you pair these understandings, these planets with the gate and the lines, the gate and the lines help you understand your unique flavor of your values or your unique flavor of how you communicate and how you receive information. Another example is that you can actually use the human design transits to plan projects or launches in your business. You can time things and say, oh, wow, this, this is when you know Jupiter, the planet of expansion and growth and abundance, 
I want to make sure that when Jupiter is in this particular gate, you know, maybe it's in the the money, one of the gates in the money channel or something like that, that you align that and you kind of use those transits to help you launch at a fortuitous time or at a time where it feels really good. And I know I'm not an astrology expert necessarily, but you can time some of these transits or when the moon you know, is going through certain gates, you can time certain things in your business around that to help enhance or facilitate the outcome that you're looking for. So honestly, this last level is something that I am not an expert in. Uh, I mean, I know a lot about certain things, but I'm still always actively exploring and playing and learning. And there's a lot of other pieces, even that I haven't mentioned today, of human design, the elements, placements, things like that, that I haven't even mentioned, like I said. So yes, you know, in this overview of these seven steps and these seven layers, I might be missing things. But at the same time, if you take your time going through each of these seven layers and each of these seven steps, this will take you plenty of time to, or lifetime even, to explore, to understand, to embrace and to master. But I hope today that I've given you some clarity, some direction, and almost like a nice clear plan of action or steps to take to begin understanding your own human design chart and why each of these steps is important and why I have them in the order that I have them in. So if aligning your business and your marketing strategy to your human design is something that's calling to you, you can take the first step forward in my free workshop series, Human Design Marketing Strategy and Business Alignment. This workshop series lays the foundation for creating and implementing an effective marketing strategy using your human design so that you can continue to build, grow, and scale your purpose-driven business with less force, less frustration, and less burnout. And you can find the link below in the episode description. And if you like or you resonated with what you heard today, make sure you share this episode with your business besties, tagging me at Precurric, and leaving me a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. In the next episode of the Frequency and Flow podcast, I'm going to be discussing how to use human design to avoid business burnout. I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to the Frequency and Flow podcast with me, Brie Couric. I am so grateful you're here. If you liked what you heard today, I invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review so others can benefit from this information as well. Head on down to the episode description to get links to all my content and programs, including free resources made just for you. I hope you have a beautiful day.